Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Good Tuesday afternoon here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are back live this week. Had to do some traveling last week for some family-related issues. Happy to be back here right now today talking with you guys here. Get your comments in. Already seeing Safet and Steven in the chat. Appreciate you guys. Uh, We will try to answer as many of them as we can, but seeing as it's been a week uh, since we've last been on and it's the pro wrestling industry, we got a shitload uh, of stuff that we have to get into today including the ever turning drama that is the wwe boardroom Uh, stephanie mcgann like resigned since the last time we've been on right like i can't even keep the timeline straight anymore sp3 uh but vince mcmahon has been doing some more stuff behind the scenes surprise surprise um out of nowhere raw 30 or raw xxx whichever way you want to look at it has turned out to be a really damn good show that they've set up for next week we got title matches we got new matches for the rumble we got surprise returns in aew although not the one everybody was expecting sp3 we got a lot to dive into today sir how you doing up there i am doing well welcome back believe in pro wrestling podcast so much has changed since last tuesday it was just mere hours before the entire uh wrestling world went crazy with stephanie mcmahon just days after she had a a all staff meeting where she was like everything's fine everybody's in their role she decides to resign then you got triple h doing two back-to-back talent meetings so everything's fine nothing to see here uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. here. I'm, I'm here for all of it. I told y'all last week, I am here for the drama. I'm here for the messiness because what's going on behind the scenes in WWE is a hell of a lot more entertaining than what I'm seeing on screen. Uh, you're not wrong, and I don't think that there's necessarily some a, a lot of bad. I think there's some good going on on the TV screen as well. I'd like to see more of that, but you're not going to beat anything as compelling as what has been going on behind the scenes right now. And honestly, it has made it a bit difficult for me to focus on what's been going on on the TV screen because I don't know, like, and I wrote about this for, for SB Nation. It's hard to ask any fans to get invested in what's going on on the screen right now when any second it could get completely blown up and reworked and, Hey, we're off in the run, and here's, you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon back in charge. We'll dive into Vince here in a little bit. Uh, we will dive into a major return that was announced and one that happened this past week. First things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. They remain your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, WWE, AEW, and more. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, live scores. For almost any sport and game imaginable, Bet Online, truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Go to the website today or use your mobile device. You're on your phone right now, anyway. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B L E A V, to receive your rewards at betonline.ag, where the game starts. I want to start with Raw last night, though, SP3, because I'm curious. Uh, this past 
the last couple of days, like the mecca center of the sports universe has been Cincinnati, Ohio. We get that big Sunday night football matchup where the Bengals win in improbable fashion. They move on. They get the Buffalo Bills this weekend. So if you want to bet on that game, go to bet online. Um, and then Monday Night Raw in Cincinnati last night. I was there, had hella good seats. Appreciate WWE for having me. And like to be honest, I saw some people like not thrilled with this show, but like being there live watching it, I had an absolute blast. That the crowd there at the Heritage Bank Center last night was off the charts from the moment I got in there. Who day chance and woos, and they were white hot for Kevin Owens out the gate. How did it come off on the screen, SP3, last night? I haven't had a chance to watch it back yet because I slept most of this morning. Uh, but, you know, how did it come across on the screen as opposed to the live experience, which I thought was fantastic? It's one of the m more fun events I've been to. Uh, it came off like a filler show, honestly, uh, because they were doing, you know, a lot of stuff to set up Raw Rumble yeah. and Raw 30. I thought the crowd was fine. It was, you know, better than Connecticut. Um, like that's the that's the bar we have to go by. It's the last <laughs> time WWE went to Connecticut and how quiet it was. It was much better than that. But overall, the show was just average for me. Like I do a review of of Raw on Patreon, and I was like, yeah, this was a bang average show. This was a filler show, but it was a, a well done filler show in setting things up. Yeah, and. Again, it, it's it's such a weird thing because I have a feeling I would agree with you if I watched it in, in person, because when I watch shows in person, I don't know if it's because, you know, kids, wife, dog makes a noise. It's easy for me to get distracted and kind of lose focus and lose interest in the show from time to time. But being there live in person and feeling the energy of it, I was I was in I was in the whole way. And that crowd, again, I. Maybe they need to crank up the microphones because that was the loudest I'd have heard Heritage Bank Center in quite some time. You had Sean Rossap from Fightful saying that that was their most profitable Cincinnati show ever. Uh, and I believe it because it was packed and they didn't have as much of the arena tarped up at the top. Uh, so, you know, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought the energy was off the charts, except for one match where you could hear an absolute pin drop. And they got to figure out a way to get Dakota Kai. And they got to figure out a way to get Meechin and and these ladies involved with damage. That whole Candice LeRae, Meechin, damage control. Nobody cared. And it was it was disheartening. Like, I, I cared. I knew who these people were. I was on my edge of my seat. I'm like, let's go. Let's watch these ladies work. Nobody cared in that arena. And the, the pops that they got, the, the lack of sound compared to the pop that Bianca got, to Becky got, to Bailey got damage control comes out without Bailey. They do EO's entrance. It's like they have no idea who the hell she was, even though she was out there earlier in the night. The Alexa pop. The crowds are invested in them. Triple H has got to do some work to get the crowds invested in damage control and Meechin and Candice LeRae. And this is a problem that we've talked about, SP3. I genuinely felt bad for him. They got a little bit fired up toward the end of the match, but but not at all. I felt so bad for, for those ladies who were there without any sound whatsoever. No one cared about that match. And thank you for that for that assessment because you said an assessment of what Triple H needs to work on without but afterwards. I got into so many debates with people who just keep giving Triple H passes and excuses. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. I am going to judge you based on you. You haven't just started book. You just started booking the main roster, but you've been booking 
wrestling yeah. for almost nearly 10 years now. You should you should have had some things in mind when you got into control, but when you get when you made this whole damage control group, you have firmly established that Dakota Kai and Eos Kai are basically lackeys. You've yeah. made them lackeys, and you still, even despite you bringing back the WWE Women's Tag Team titles and it being praised as one of the big things that Triple H is bringing in in his first few months in power, he has done jack and shit with, <laughs> with those titles. And overall, in my opinion, with the entire women's division, he made the rich richer on Monday Night Raw and made the made the women's division of SmackDown that was already piss poor when he got there. He just made it worse because he had someone who was over in Liv Morgan and don't even get me started on last Friday Night SmackDown. We talked about it before, but he has made her into a damn fool of a character. And then, yeah, he just needs to improve on basically bringing these people in and getting them over. I felt, felt so bad for Misha, me and Yim. Like the whole thing she came in to be is to be the woman in the OC. And now there isn't even no mention that she's even still a part of OC. I'm very much confused on all this. When did her and Candace become friends? Does Candace now care about damage control again? Because last week she didn't. What is going on? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to keep up. It definitely feels like it's, hey, let's just try to plug and get these ladies on the show kind of a thing, and hopefully their in-ring work carries them over. I mean, EO Sky did some things in that match last night that made the crowd ooh and ah, but then it fell right back down to to dead silent. They just they, they couldn't get anything going. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying, please, uh, someone please get the women's tag team titles off damage control. You got to have teams. They don't have teams. Are, are, are Liv Morgan and, and Tegan Knox still a thing? They mentioned that for about eight seconds, and then now all of a sudden Liv Morgan's this crazy lady again who's declaring herself number one for the Rumble and smacking Raquel Rodriguez in the face. You want to hear a you want to hear a match that had less response than Meechin versus EO Sky? Go back and watch SmackDown with Tegan Knox versus Exia Lee. We that that match happened, and literally Rick recapping the show on Friday totally forgot it did. He never even mentioned it because he, I if, skipped over if, some things. I skipped I, over I, some I know you did. I, 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 I know you did, but it's the joke because <laughs> if if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, <laughs> did it really fall? Was it really yeah. cut down? If a match happens and nobody responds to it did it really happen <laughs> so fett saying don't forget almost versus elias match was also boring you know what that got a bigger response elias was pretty over for the crowd last night and my goodness i always find these people somehow they always find me sp3 the dude who is sitting directly behind me is the number one fan of the omos fan club this dude I swear to God, when Omos's music hit, because it was that surprise that it wasn't as MVP that was going up against uh, uh, Elias last night. When Omos's music hit, this dude, I swear to God, you would have thought he hit the Mega Millions. He was screaming that loud, and he was the only one. That would have been me. That would have been me because I, when I'm at wrestling shows, especially WWE shows, I don't pop for characters. I don't even really pop from like my favorites. I pop for theme songs, and Omos got a Bobski of a theme song, so I would have been right there with the um dum 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 dum. 
Uh, Stephen Chambers saying Ronda and Shayna possibly, possibly, but then you're having two heel teams go against each other, and we haven't seen Ronda or Shayna since Ronda dropped the SmackDown Women's Championship, and it looks like she's firmly moved away from that, and now it's Charlotte and Sonya Deville who are going to be wrestling each other at the Royal Rumble. Uh, I love Sonya Deville, but they have done, to steal SP3's line, jack and shit uh, with her since her little feud with uh, Adam Pearce dissolved and didn't really get a, a final conclusion to it. So, it see, 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 my whole thing with, like, Triple H booking, I feel like, this is the thing, I feel like I would have a better outlook on his booking in this first six months if he didn't hire all these people yeah. in the sporadic pace that he did because when you really look at like returns and debuts who, who's the best people that he's done with solo sokoa la night those are the best too honestly when it comes to like debut or returns under the triple h regime it was someone in nxt and someone who who came up from nxt who got given a bad gimmick and you just went back to the nxt gimmick. so yeah. If he would have just let's just let's just put people in the right place. Let's make Kevin Owens a babyface again. Let's put the focus on Seth Rollins. Let's make Theory a new character with yeah. the Money in the Bank briefcase, or figure out a better way. Why I don't understand how fans, those are the best things fans, that he's done. Those are the yeah. best things that he's done. Is made the he's made the all the easy decisions correct. Turning yes. Becky Lynch back into a baby face. That's a yes. no-brainer. Wanda you know? into an heel. Like he's, no brainer. Yeah, he's made those the people that were already there, just adjusting them into the right place, putting proper focus on the mid-card titles. Gunther's been one of the best things that's happened yeah. there. Giving his yeah. matches time and letting him have banger after banger, making Sheamus into going with the flow of the crowd at Clash of the Ta Castle and making the whole entire Brawling Brutes baby faces. He's doing the, the those right things, but it's all this excess fat that he that he he self implied. It's just made it worse. And then when you when you look at Damage Control now, six months into the whole Damage Control run. I feel like I would feel so much better without them if he just would have stopped after that ladder match with Bianca. If he didn't do another match to make Bailey firmly underneath Bianca, if he just would have ended after that ladder match or do a three-way where Bailey doesn't have to lose or something, if it wasn't for the damage control versus Bianca Belair feud, I think I would feel so much better about damage control because now he's actually doing the work to set things up as well as feuds and try to rehab them. But you didn't need to have them so buried underneath and make her make them into the nexus to Bianca's John Cena. Yeah, uh, I, I think Triple H has put a lot on his plate and he's just trying to do too much. And it's, again, maybe you got to pull the reins back on some of these people, not put them on TV as much and focus on who you can right now. Um, I do appreciate the fact that he brought a lot of these people back because so many people are starting to get injured as well. And it's like, okay, next man up. And now you have a deep, a deep bench that you can call upon. But man, when you're trying to establish all these people, I was excited when Legato Del Fantasma came up. Ain't done much with them either at this point. So it's kind of like a, a wait and see kind of approach with a lot of these people. And I know he's injured now, but remember how excited we were when Johnny Gargano yeah. just popped up and then 
he did he just put him along with Dexter Loomis and literally was just he literally was trying to continue an NXT storyline without going through the beats of to explain how these two are even in a tag team together what is the reason why Dexter Loomis and Johnny yeah, he, just, like, they, he, just, he didn't do anything he just said oh you know they probably watch NXT even though like it's more than half of the raw audience does not watch NXT so I'll tell you what, though, surprisingly, because Loomis wrestled on main event. He got a hell of a pop from the crowd in Cincinnati. I was really surprised about that. So uh, maybe Cincinnati's a heavy NXT crowd. OK, let's let's we're way behind. Let's dive into our lead story here, uh, which is the fact that last night, SP3, we saw chapter three of the what turned out to be the roads to the rumble. Uh, Cody Rhodes declaring that he is, in fact, healthy. He is ready to go. He is back. He's going to be in the Royal Rumble. And when you look at the list of people who have either declared or qualified, Kofi Kingston, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Baron Corbin, Theory, Rollins, Lashley, Rey Mysterio, Gunther, Omos, and Cody Rhodes, he has got to be considered the odds-on favorite right now. Other people who have declared themselves for the Royal Rumble at this point. Most certainly he is. I would say he is the odds-on favorite to win, but... Something interesting also happened on the show with the Usos in their opening segment talking about the Bloodlines Acknowledgement Ceremony mm. and all the generations mm. of uh, of the Bloodline being there. Mm. I don't necessarily think that is going to be this person returning on Raw 30 next week, but I do think people need to listen to the words being said during this segment because I think we might get a tip of the hat that another their favorite to win the Royal Rumble may appear six days later. Uh, a little so, wink to the camera, possibly. A kind little of situation. wink to the camera that maybe one person in the bloodline won't acknowledge Roman as the head of the table because there's someone else who's making a lot of money, who's a WWE legend, <laughs> who could who could possibly show up for a number 30 spot to toss a couple of people around and set up a WrestleMania 39 main event. But if that doesn't happen, Cody Rhodes, I think will win and we might be possibly my 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 prediction that of what what was this like eight months ago i made this prediction of roman reigns main eventing both nights of wrestlemania and i and i went away from that because i was like no i don't know if that that's the right decision to have him you know wrestle another match before he wrestles the big match with the rock but we may be on the path to that if they can't get the rock for the raw rumble cody will win and maybe we have two nights of Roman. Possibly. Uh, that's a risk. It is a risk. And I've talked about, you know, you, you, you can't risk putting your main eventer and getting them injured on night one. Anything could happen. You know, and literally anything could happen. Not that somebody would get, you know, malicious intent and hurt somebody, but it's pro wrestling. Shit happens. So that you got to have contingencies in place if you do do something like that. Um, man, the way that they're building Cody's return here. I mean, it, it's very, it's very similar to the way that they 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 booked Triple H's uh, return uh, prior to when uh, to he he won uh, so many years ago. So it feels like he's got the momentum there, and I do like that they have done this because look, we only got eleven people confirmed. There's going to be some surprises in this, and maybe The Rock is one of those surprises. Uh, so I think there there's going to be plenty of those surprise pops. And I think Triple H is going to do everything in his power to make sure that this Royal Rumble is memorable, considering how just God 
awful and how un- much much of a mi- unmitigated disaster last year's Royal Rumble was. They fucking owe us uh, this year for this one to be uh, to be really really good and memorable. And I think Cody Rhodes almost has to be the guy. And I I keep going back to this like I hate the fact that The Rock is coming back, and I hate myself for saying that because if you take The Rock away from the equation. This becomes one of the most intriguing Royal Rumbles ever because you have legitimate contenders like Seth Rollins, like Bobby Lashley, uh, Brock Lesnar, if they decided to throw him in there, Cody Rhodes. Uh, I would say Kevin Owens, but he already has his title shot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Kevin can't get screwed over early in the night and then come back and win uh, the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn, obviously, everybody's pointing toward Cody getting his shot. Man, the momentum is there for Sammy. And this is something that we've talked about as well. Either you don't have The Rock be there or you find a way to split these titles off of Roman Reigns because I feel like we need a secondary, a second world championship right now very, very badly. But I don't know how you do it and it's not be awful. Yes, exactly. It's it's going to be awful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this. I know there's a lot of Triple H fans out there, but I am just going off of what we've seen in the last six months and him choosing the most awful way possible to get the money in the big briefcase off of Austin Theory does not put me with any type of faith that he can come up with a reasonable and make a sensible way to separate these titles. So I think that we are best off with Roman holding both of them. The, uh, it, I, I don't know. Like anything and everything that I come up with when I try to think about it, I'm just like, no, that sucks. That's stupid. I mean, they can do whatever they want. And it's easy to say, Safet, yes, split the titles up. I'm I'm there. I'm, I'm yes, please split the damn titles up. Uh, but again, how you do it. I'm sitting here thinking last night, I'm just just sitting there waiting for Raw to start. I'm like, well, you know, they could do something where maybe, you know, Sammy and whatever they're going to do with the bloodline, they get Kevin Owens screwed over and, you know, maybe there's a double pin or, or something. And then Adam Pierce could sit there and say, OK, well, Roman, you know what? Now you're going to defend the WWE championship inside the Royal Rumble. And that could be a way to protect him because he doesn't get pinned, but he gets pushed over the top rope. And then you could have Kevin Owens win the Royal Rumble and he is the WWE champion. Or you could have Cody Rhodes win it. and He's the WWE champion and Roman hangs on to the universal championship. But even that comes with a bunch of questions and caveats and would it be well received? I think it'd be a great, a great swerve if they did something like that, but nothing that I've come up with has worked and i think if triple h had come up with something that would work we would have already have seen it in the works by now so maybe he decides to maybe he decides to do that uh steven chambers saying are they planning on splitting up the tag team titles good question we'll get to that coming up here in just a few moments a couple of house cleaning items first before we get into the five count alexa bliss is set to challenge for the raw women's championship at the royal rumble we kind of all saw this one come in when that first matchup ended in a disqualification could be a busy night at the Royal Rumble SP3 for Uncle Howdy because you have to feel like he's going to get involved in the uh, Mountain Dew, well, what is it, black light match, lights pitch out black. match, pitch, pitch black. black, thank you, pitch back, the, the Mountain Dew, pitch black, lights out, whatever extravaganza that's going on between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt. And then we saw Uncle Howdy again last night. He got a good pop from the crowd in Cincinnati. So uh, this one's going to come to a head here. I don't expect Alexa to win, but she will challenge for the Raw Women's Championship at the Royal Rumble. And then the big news that everybody's talking about today, SP3. Breaking news. Vince McMahon can do whatever the hell he wants. The story oh, today... For real? 
I thought yeah. the powers that be were going to stop him. Yeah. Uh, some story came out today about SEC filings and changing bylaws and how Vince McMahon doesn't need any shareholder approval to do anything and yada shit with a blah, blah, BS, whatever, legal jargon. I don't know. I'm not a... Duh! This isn't news to me. This is not news to me. The second that Vince McMahon strong-armed his way onto the board and Stephanie resigned, I'm like, he's in total control. He can do whatever he wants. This isn't news to me. You had the, the Detroit police and fire file a lawsuit today to try and stop Vince McMahon from doing his thing because I guess they're part shareholders or, or something like that. So there's more lawsuits that are going to come out, but I think lawsuits are only going to gum up the works in the fact that like, it's going to slow down a sale and then Vince is going to be sitting on his hands, twiddling his thumbs. And then what do you think he's going to do? He's going to start interjecting himself elsewhere. And I don't think the lawsuits are actually going to work, even though they probably should. But look, the only news as far as Vince McMahon is concerned that comes out that is going to be of any significance to me personally, are there more allegations? Is he taking overhead of creative? Or has he sold the company? Those are literally the only three things that matter at this point because anything he does behind the scenes should not shock anybody. At all. Yet, I had people arguing with me when the only thing I said was based on what we've seen in the past two weeks, Vince McMahon will do what Vince McMahon wants to do. I had people responding to me like, whoa, whoa, why why is he not the, the um head of creative? Why is he not relieve Triple H of his duties then if he can do whatever he wants to do? I was like, well, we haven't been given any indication or he hasn't sent a letter like he did when he wanted to be on the board of directors that he wants to be head of creative. We do know that Triple H told, apparently, reportedly, uh, told the uh, SmackDown locker room that Vince McMahon deferred creative to him and that he would be taking suggestions from vince but he has a final say make sure he he had a final say and then when he did the talent meeting last night before raw he firmed it up a little bit like i'm firmly i'm firmly the head of creative because what i said on smackdown probably didn't sound that good to y'all because it didn't sound good to me or dutch mantel or you on friday i, so. I, I looked <laughs> right into the fact that he flat out admitted that vince is already in the conversation he is in the discussions. We've had reports from not that credible news sources, but still we've had reports that uh, Vince is already making suggestions, which I don't find that hard to believe, to be completely honest with you. And probably a majority of them are, who's this person? Get them off my screen. Who's that person? Why don't we change his name and do this? Uh, and those kind of type suggestions. But still, regardless, the fact that he is already in the discussions Per Triple H himself, unless he misspoke, genuinely misspoke, um, it, it, it makes me wonder, SP3, so let's dive into this. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So my running theory here, SP3, is that Vince McMahon is still smart enough to know that a show like WrestleMania 39, a show that big, that huge, one in the Los Angeles market that is already the highest, like, in-gate grossing site, and they haven't even announced a match yet in WWE history, right? Like, that that thing has popped off. It has made money. Vince McMahon knows he's smart enough to know that that, that show needs to be 
off the chain. It doesn't need to be chaos. It takes a long time to set up plans and get them in place. He knows that, which is why, to me, he hasn't taken over the reins as creative just yet. But I know it is coming like a damn freight train because I don't believe a word that comes out of that man's mouth. He's already in the discussions, but he knows a shakeup right now is the bad time to do it. So I'll ask SP3, how long until Vince McMahon does take over creative duties in WWE? Once again, I'll set the over under on April 3rd, the day after WrestleMania 39 comes to a conclusion. I think that we can get till June. I think that's the, 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 the June. I think we get to June because he's going to want to make it one year since that first report of the Wall Street Journal came out. And he, then he'll be like, well, here that Vince is a part of the creative team by June. That's what I will go for. I don't, th I think that, I think that he is not, or shouldn't be listened to his uh, consultation uh, because he is making it very overt what he is trying to do at this point especially with the uh you know the news of today with him uh not seeking not no longer needing the approval of uh shareholders as what is said he submitted the new filing to the sec uh mcmahon no longer needs approval from shareholders on actions taken moving forward per a january 16th written consent executed by mcmahon as controlling uh stockholder I think that this is this is just going to be a process. He's just going to be chipping away at mostly the WWE fans that are convinced that no, he can't do this. We're good. We're happy. It, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah. No. It, I I think April third on the day. I think they are going to get through WrestleMania, and then Vince will open up the Raw after Mania as the big surprise. We will. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard Vince's voice at least on Raw 30 next week. Yeah, maybe, possibly. Look, the week after WrestleMania is typically when they do all of their big changes. That is when they typically make any kind of um, commentary changes, roster changes. There's always cuts after WrestleMania because it's an expensive time of the year, even though they are making record profits fist over fist. Um, this is when all the changes come down. I think Vince McMahon is smart enough to know he's going to leave Triple H, let him do his WrestleMania season. Maybe he changes his mind if it is a smashing success and Triple H absolutely knocks it out of the ballpark. Maybe there are some lawsuits or some new allegations that, that, that stops this from coming to fruition. Maybe Vince McMahon is aware of what is coming down the pike, and that is why he's staying off of the television for right now. There's any number of things that could be going on behind the scenes, which is why it hasn't happened yet. But right now, based off of what we know, and the tea leaves that I'm reading, he's going to let Triple H run WrestleMania season because he's know it's it's too late to make any major changes. And then April 3rd, we will get an announcement that Triple H maybe even resigns. Maybe this is just Triple H knowing the fact that I can't do this to my people. I can't leave right now this close to WrestleMania. Otherwise, I would have been gone with my wife. Maybe, and I don't want to speculate on things like that, but maybe Triple H gets through WrestleMania season and then he just resigns his post and then Vince McMahon takes over. Deuces. Absolute deuces. I ain't, I ain't worried with this shit. So maybe that's just something that he ultimately decides to do. So I'm going to go right at April 3rd. SP3, something I talked about at the beginning of the show is the fact that Kevin Owens is white hot right now. White hot. We talk about 
Oh, well, Cody could be the one to take the title off of Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn should be a guy to take the title off of Roman Reigns. Fans will always bring up Seth Rollins' name because of the history and the uh, unresolved issues that came off of last year at the Royal Rumble. I feel like it's very rarely that we talk about maybe Kevin Owens should be the guy that takes the championship off of Roman Reigns. So how strongly should they be considering right now putting a world title on Kevin Owens, getting the fact that he's getting these white hot babyface reactions right now? Um, I don't think they should strongly consider it. I'm more here for it's it's about the story of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn more than anything. So I'm here for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn winning and being the ones to dethrone uh, the Usos more than I'm here for Kevin Owens winning the world championship. I think that uh, it's great that they got him in a role where he is a babyface and he's getting these reactions, but I don't think that they should strongly consider putting the title on him especially before wrestlemania maybe in a year from now yeah if he's still getting these type of reactions you go for it or six months from now you go for it but i think first we gotta have the completion of the zane owens arc yeah and that i i think it, it involves them winning the tag team championships the question is what tag team championships could they be winning would they be the undisputed wwe tag team championships or would they simply just be the SmackDown Tag Team Championships? Because next week on Raw Triple X, uh, we are getting two title matches. We are getting Bobby Lashley, who won the main event last night. Fantastic main event last night, especially live. Crowd was white hot on that. Heck, two feet in front of me, I had The Miz and Dolph Ziggler beating the holy shit out of each other, and they broke a damn chair. That chair had a family, for crying out loud, and they just shattered the fucking thing. Uh, but reg- I don't even know if that ended up getting on TV. I got to watch that back. But... Um, I was on the camera side, so I doubt it. But regardless, great main event. Bobby Lashley wins with the help of Omos and MVP, further pushing us toward this new makeshift hurt business that could be coming around here. So he gets a shot against Austin Theory next week, and then they have made it abundantly clear that the Usos will be defending the Raw Tag Team Championships against Judgment Day next week. Who's more likely to win, Bobby Lashley or Judgment Day next week, SB3? Because I feel like a show this big, Raw 30, there's going to be a title change. I, I will guarantee there's going to be a title change next week. Hmm, this is tough. That's a good question. Who's more likely to win? Um, I would kind of go with both, honestly, because I feel like that Bobby Lashley winning makes sense uh, with this Hurt Business type of story. But if I had to choose one or the other, I would go with Judgment Day. It has to be a reason why they specified this is for the Raw Tag Team titles, yeah. even though it, it'd be great if, if the Usos kept it because it actually created some doubt in a Uso title defense by them making it for one title. Maybe that's the, the, the kickoff, but if I had to wait, pick one over the, over the other, I would go with Judgment Day because I think that Deary needs to hold on to the U.S. title going into WrestleMania. Now that the, the rumors and the tea leaves are saying that John Cena may be his opponent, I would rather that be for the U.S. title. Yeah, I, I feel like Judgment Day is winning. Like the second that they announced that it was for the Raw tag team titles specifically, it allows the Usos to hang on to the championship one that they still have the record for. They're the longest reigning SmackDown tag team champ. It's very similar to, to Roman Reigns. If you're going to take a title off of him, it needs to be the WWE championship. So he keeps his record long reign of the universal title intact. Um, so the second they announced this for the Raw tag team titles, I'm like, oh, they're splitting the belts back up. And Judgment Day, the way that Dominic Mysterio 
has been uh, evolving and has just turned into this totally unbelievable. It's like that that one Will Ferrell movie, Get Hard, like when he got when he got sent to prison. Like that's what Dominic Mysterio reminds me of right now. And sitting here telling the Usos, you wouldn't survive with some of the vatos or essays that I was behind the bars with, bro, or whatever the hell he said last night. Genuinely hilarious uh, to watch Dom pull off this role right now. So he's kind of in a good spot. I think I feel like they need to do something with Damian Priest. He just seems to be eye candy, basically, from a week in and week out basis. It'd be nice to see him do a little bit more with him. I, would, uh, I wouldn't say that. I I, said, I think that the tag team match uh, during Raw and last week's tag team turmoil has kind of positioned him as the enforcer or the workhorse yeah. of Judgment Day. He's do, he does all the work, and then Dominic gets the praise because yeah, he's exactly. the one getting the pin. Exactly. I like I like that because that can eventually turn into a way to get Damian Priest as a babyface against Dom and Rhea and Very Finn if point. they wanted to. Very good point. And and somebody brought it up in the chat earlier. And I got to bring this up. Otis, my God, was that crowd white hot for Otis last night? Um, turning, they, they have a chance here now to turn the Alpha Academy into big time baby based tag teams. It's exactly what they should do. Otis has all of his momentum again that he had heading in. Not, maybe not all of it, but he definitely has the most momentum that he has had since he won the Money in the Bank briefcase prior to that and everything that was going on with Mandy Rose and him. Uh, he's there. It's a shame that he he botched the worm last night because everybody or the caterpillar, excuse me. Um, yeah, man, it didn't look good from the the TV side. That's for dang sure. So I I can only imagine how it looked on television. But uh, it's a shame he messed that up. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. The crowd was still rooting for him. They they loved him last night. So they they got something cooking with the Alpha Academy, uh, for sure. But I will predict the Judgment Day wins. And I find some way somehow Bobby Lashley's getting screwed out of winning the United States Championship next week. Yeah, All right, let's business is not gonna work this time, apparently. <laughs> uh, they could both win, they could both win. Let's shift focus over to uh AEW Bay Bay. Everybody expecting a big uh, debut or return, whatever you want to call it. SP3 last week, we got one, it wasn't the one that we were expecting. Uh, you had Tony Schiavone go out to the middle of the ring, say, I take no pleasure in introducing my next guest. And it's all about the boom, baby. And that crowd lost their ever-loving minds. He came out there. He did the whole, you know, call an ambulance, but not for me, swerve, you know, kind of a thing going on there. Instead, the AEW locker room is fucked, basically, because I'm healthy. I'm back. I'm ready to kick some ass. Great. Fantastic. One of the best moments of overall from start to finish was one of the best episodes of dynamite that i think that, that tony khan has put together at least in quite some time and that's saying something because he's put together some good episodes uh top to bottom it was great everybody's going to talk about the person who didn't show up which we'll get to you have the main event with the elite winning the 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 trios championships finishing off the best of seven series great adam cole's back now sp3 but bobby fish is gone kyle o'reilly is hurt the elites are baby faces. They are now a trio in, the, in that division. You got House of Black waiting in the wings there. What do you do with Adam Cole? Should they go ahead and just ride the lightning, present him as a baby face, and kind of keep him away from the elite for the time being? 
This dude has been getting some of the loudest pops since he came to AEW. So I definitely believe, especially after that that promo and how emotional and how it was a babyface promo, I think they should just move forward with him in the babyface role because when you talk about just adding another money matchup potentially for MJF as AEW world champion, when it comes to a lot of the other options, you know, I feel like Eddie Kingston will, of course, keep up with MJF on the mic, but all the other ones that are like money matchups for him are either you know great wrestlers great characters but they're not going to be as great on a promo as adam cole will be against mjf i think that just writes itself if they want to you know position him as a heel and they want him to go against the elite easy solution to that is pair him with mike bennett and matt taven and reunite the kingdom against the the elite they can't go wrong either other way but i think right now it's best that he's a babyface I don't want MJF's reign to end anytime soon, so don't get me wrong when I say this, but right now, I would like to see Adam Cole be the one to dethrone MJF, and I'm not going to say when that's going to be, but this is something that you can absolutely build toward uh, and take your time with, which is something that Tony Khan is so good at doing, is long-term storytelling, long-term booking, and I'm hoping that that's the plan that he has moving forward because he he knows he's got a top-level single star in, in Adam Cole that gets these insane reactions. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's definitely the way to go uh, with the fact that, that Red Dragon is, is no longer available to them. And again, great point bringing up uh, the the kingdom as reuniting and going toward the trio titles that's someplace they could go but I think there's more money in Adam Cole as a baby face um, uh, let's let's go ahead and put a bow on this one here SP3 did Tony Khan mess up last week by not being able to deliver Mercedes Monet on Dynamite everybody talked themselves into thinking that she was going to be there almost guaranteed themselves that she was going to be there despite AEW never guaranteeing or promoting her in the first place a lot of teases a literal wink to the camera. If you, you read into Tony Khan's uh, press conferences when he's got a smile ear to ear, made you think like he had something big planned for this show. Maybe it was Adam Cole the whole time. I don't know. But nothing was ever promised. Heavily insinuated, heavily teased, yes. Nothing ever promised. Did Tony Khan mess up that last week by not delivering Mercedes Monet? He didn't mess up by not delivering Mercedes Monet. He messed up by not skewing the fan expectation of Mercedes Monet. Because when you make it, when you do the setup of a mystery partner with Soraya, and you go weeks upon weeks without answering the question of who the mystery partner is going to be, it just creates more and more buzz. I don't think they should have even went that route. It should have just been a challenge for Soraya and Tony Storm because that was automatically the tag team match that everybody thought of when it was originally proposed and then everybody started going into fan expectation fan speculation reckless speculation as we always do and then the the wink the wink and the boss line in the promo by Britt Baker didn't even need to air you didn't need to do that you didn't need to play into that or at least if you're gonna do that had already announced that Stony Storm was the was the partner before she did that like you could have said that I'm the boss because Saraya couldn't find someone else to be in the match and then wink at the camera that's great that makes sense but you did that promo before she even announced the partner so he just made even more the fan expectation even higher so he messed up by not uh, taking care of the fan expectation in the weeks that they promoted this match yeah look i'm never gonna fault a company for uh for trying to capitalize on buzz especially when it when it's free buzz that's out there like it it most of it is fan 
speculation and hearsay and hopes and wishes and dreams. And if you're a promoter and you can ride that lightning and it is basically free, genuine interest in your product and you don't have to do a damn thing. I'm not going to fault anybody for, for kind of leaning into that and dropping some, uh, some hints and teases here or there. The Britt Baker thing, I think is the thing that, that killed it for a lot of people. Cause that, that signified to them, Oh, she's definitely showing up. That is not even close to subtle. That is such a blatant, here's a bucket of cold water, and we're going to throw it right in your face. Here's Mercedes Monet. She's coming back next week, baby. And then less than an hour later, we're getting Soraya and Hikurashida and Tony Storm and all of that stuff. Um, announcing Tony or announcing it as a mystery partner, could that have possibly had something to do with the fact that Tony got injured at that time and they didn't know if she was going to be cleared? Maybe, possibly. That also helped build up that buzz. I'm never going to fault Tony for, for capitalizing on it. He should expect some backlash not delivering, but at the same time, as fans, I'm going to tell you guys, temper your expectations until nothing is a thing until it's a thing. Something that was a thing this week was the True Heel Heat uh, channel hitting 4,000 subscribers. Congratulations to uh, SP3 on that. What do you got going on the channel this week? Uh, thank you so much. appreciate that. Uh, you got the flagship podcast on Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. We're doing our fantasy draft of all Royal Rumble winners. There has been exactly 30 different Royal Rumble winners in the event's history. So we're doing a fantasy draft. It'll be True Hill Heat versus the Smart uh, Psychology podcast we're doing a, a draft of the royal rumble winner so that's going to be on saturday i'll be back on the channel on thursday this week with ae rambo reviewing this week's aew dynamite with jimmy macaram so thank you so much to everyone who's a subscriber over here who's also over here we're going to get this channel up to a thousand subscribers oh, probably wait. this year in 2023 found it further growth for both channels we're going to be growing everything and i appreciate everyone for the support the love for subscribing for being a patreon backer all that good stuff it's mind-blowing to me because i never expected uh that channel to get as far as it has but appreciate everyone who supports it appreciate rick who's been on the channel and of course all the contributors and that team of true hill heat yeah, absolutely. That's big stuff, man. And uh, yeah, we are continuing the climb to a thousand every single day. Make sure to hammer that subscribe button. If you're new to the show, hit the thumbs up button here as well, too, guys, because that helps drive up our audience as well and bring some new eyes uh, to the channel. Of course, the Royal Rumble is next week. Uh, I'm working diligently to bring some some good stuff to you uh, guys for, for that channel, WWE related. Uh, that did hit a bit of a, uh, a snag today. I don't know how things are going to work moving forward. I didn't want to take some time to uh, thank Adam Hopkins, who was the uh, president of communications for WWE, uh, who has I've been working with him uh, closely for the last five years. And without his efforts, I would not have been able to bring uh, anything that I have brought to you guys to this channel. Uh, so I just want to thank him and, and Joe and Mark and everybody who's been a part of that WWE team who is now no longer there, Adam Hopkins, uh, uh, out of the company after 25 years. So I just wanted to send a thank you to him for everything that he has done. Uh, so uh, I'll continue to do my work with WWE. It's going to be interesting uh, navigating the waters moving forward without Adam there, but uh, efforts will be made on this side of the table. I can honestly tell you that. Uh, thank you guys so much. And yes, Ozzy, uh, go Bengals. I saw all the Bengals tweets. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, hopefully they can take care of business against Buffalo. Go Jaguars too, because we're going to uh, get some good booking. We're going to get some good booking for Tony now that the Jaguars <laughs> done pulled off one of the most r remarkable comebacks of all time, man. NFL wildcard. I'm jealous of you for covering 
in the NFL. It was a crazy weekend. It was an absolutely crazy weekend. I want so bad. I want the Jaguars to win on Saturday and the Bengals to win uh, on Sunday, obviously, because that means Cincinnati would host the AFC Championship against Tony Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars, which means he'd be in my town, my, my stadium. Let's go. I want it so bad. I want the Bengals to beat the shit out of Jaguars. Don't get me wrong, but I, I want that matchup to happen. All right, guys. We appreciate everybody who is uh, tuned in. Thank you so much. SP3 and I will be back. Don't forget, uh, Lost in the Midcard with uh, Matt and Jeremy will be back on Monday at 7 o'clock, our, uh, our, our Raw preview show, uh, and diving into everything that happens over the weekend. So thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll talk again. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.